Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. In a chaotic world, I mean, uh, why don't you find a couple of gents you like and just kind of sit back and listen for a little while to the wonderful, amazing sounds of the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. It's an official invite, open-ended. This is what's wrong with the world. There's not enough people listening to us. No. Yeah. I mean, peace, harmony. They've been talking about that, dude. That this is, you know, this could be a cure-all. Just people start tuning in. We'll indoctrinate you with our views and our slimy ways. And you'll become better people. Yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, tell 200,000 of your closest friends, and um, on we will go. Yeah, the budget for the show will grow exponentially. Help us out a little bit. Crying out loud and see our socials, thevocalminority.net, on the World Wide Web. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, uh, the website's cool, and, yeah, definitely find all the social media stuff. Every platform we're on and every platform different videos are taking off. Like, one video on one site does thousands, and the next one it doesn't. Like, every platform is different. Find us in all of them. Help spread the good word. I was telling Harness a little bit earlier, a buddy of mine uh, that I went to the Husky game with uh, last week was, you know, we were catching up. We hadn't talked in quite a few years. We ran into each other at the grocery store a couple of times, but, like, we hadn't sat down and talked in a while. He was like, uh, you still talk to Schmitty? And I, my ears kind of perked up, and I was like, you know who, you know Schmitty? He was like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to him on Mitch's show all the time. Yeah. And uh, you guys had him on in the vocal minority. I was like, I didn't even know you knew about the vocal minority. That's but he's funny. listening now. But, Brewski uh, is Schmitty. And he started with us, by the way. Yeah. And went to another morning show. They renamed him, which is yeah. blasphemy. But um, yes, that's hilarious. No, your buddy knew him from that show and from ours. But. Yeah, you got a fan out there, Schmitty. Yeah, we have at least one new listener. That thank you for taking this man to the football game. That's right. Yeah, it was a hell of a game, dude. It I sure mean, that was. was a, that was a hell of a game. One thing that was funny that I didn't tell you guys that I didn't know if you noticed or not, but uh, Huskies Oregon game. Uh, Oregon's band, you know, they usually keep the band, even for the opposing team, down on the field or right by the field. The Huskies put the Oregon uh, band, like, as far up into the 300 level as you can possibly get. (laughs) And I've got a picture. All the way down? Yes, dude. They had to hike up and down every time they, I mean, at halftime, they had to come down. But uh, and they all had their big tubas and crap up there with them. I got a phone uh, picture on my phone. I'll send you guys. It's just a tiny little square of the furthest possible place away. Dude. That's awesome. really it was that CrossFit training right there. Maybe those yes. are like the rugby team too. <laughs> right. I was like, uh, most of these people on the marching band are overweight. I mean, uh, you're gonna kill them, dude. They're not gonna have anything left to play. I think that was the point. But it was funny. Great game. Uh, speaking of college football rivalries, real quick, I was watching uh, University of Michigan versus Michigan State this past oh, weekend. Yeah. Now, first of all, my Wolverines destroyed the Spartans. I think it was like 49 to nothing. It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And U of M, they're undefeated on the season, 8 0 right now. Yeah. JJ McCarthy playing phenomenally well this season. Amazing. 
not only did the the rivalry uh, crush uh, <laughs> the Spartans, but I don't know if you saw this on the news. Uh, the the game happened at the Spartan Stadium there in East Lansing. Sure. Uh, somehow, a image of Hitler was mistakenly played on the big screen before the I game. I saw started. that. Yeah, Some, somehow. <laughs> How did they blame some third party? You know, uh, loaded images that were. You don't just accidentally somehow into a stadium system. It's not like that's a Windows based or whatever. Like, no. Somehow Hitler was put displayed on the. Giant I'm telling you right now, board. dude. I could pull up 99 of my picture photos out of a hundred, and not, <laughs> and maybe one of them might have Hitler in there. <laughs> you know, like for for you know some sort of educational purpose but uh yeah hey, come on who's got hitler just on oh, i'm doing the game on saturday oh it's a commentary on how stupid the spartans are i don't know if they well, thought that was a picture of the coach or what they were doing but well, yeah somehow hitler mistakenly got displayed there's also a job opening in the scoreboard department i would assume i would think on today's fun episode, we're going to discuss the topic of the cult. No, not the 80s rock band. I'm sorry, Brewski. Okay. By the way, those guys still put on a great show. Saw him a couple of years ago. Amazing show. You got a chance to see him? Go see him. Is Ian Asbury, is that the singer's yep, name? Ian Asbury sounded yeah. amazing that night. Amazing. Some random knowledge I have in my head, Nick. It's incredible, dude. I mean, I don't know what we'll do with it, but uh, uh, use it just as we did. Matt Sorum was the drummer, of course, went on to Guns N' Roses. Yep. Wow. Yep. I know none of these things. The coolest Matt Sorum story ever is yeah. that when Matt was on the road with the cult, he would trailer his Harley Shovelhead. And every so often he'd get off the tour bus, pull his bike out, and he would be in front of the tour bus, leading the tour bus, no helmet on, nothing like that. Just rock and roll. Harley. Yeah. <laughs> rock and roll drummer, of course. Yeah. Ah, the good old days. Unfortunately, yeah. nowadays, when we start talking about cults, um, you know, one of the first things that comes to my mind, how to, how to say you're in a cult without saying you're in a cult. Uh, here's a quote here. He can still run for president if he's behind bars and would still get the same number of votes. Uh, I don't care if he's convicted and win. Put the Oval Office in that prison and he can still run the country. This ah. is, of course, uh, quotes from Donald Trump supporters who, for some reason, don't seem to care that if this guy goes to jail, they, they would be fine with him being the president. It's yeah. fine, dude. It's not a big deal. It's okay. I cannot fathom saying that about Obama or Biden or Clinton or Lincoln. I don't care what president you are. Of if course. You're in jail, that seems to be a disqualifier to me. With well, my, and, and it would you know, it would make foreign visits from head of state dignitaries really interesting. And talk about state dinners. What in the Chow Hall? I mean, what are we talking about here? Why not? That would be the appropriate setting to serve McDonald's to somebody, as he has done. It's true. Life, so yeah. So, yeah, so this is a whole thing going on where the Trump supporters just simply don't seem to care if he's convicted or not. They don't care if he's guilty or not. Uh, you know, I, I love watching, what is it, Jordan Kepler from The Daily Show, right, where he goes on yeah. and these people. And, you know, they're railing on the Biden. His son took money from foreign governments. And, you know, Kepler's like, yeah, that'd be bad if somebody took like $2 billion from a foreign government, right? <laughs> yes. The deeper and deeper he gets in with all the legal battles, I mean, every single time he throws up a fundraiser, you know, online, he's still stealing money from you dummies. 
All right. Like he's still stealing money from you. And as you poop in your outhouse, he poops on a golden throne. And what is he doing tonight? Probably making love. That's probably true, dude. The man who claims to be a billionaire who definitely <laughs> needs your money to pay for his legal bills, his presidential campaigns, etc. He's taking it from you. So, well, yeah, as I've said before, you people are in a cult and you do not seem to realize it. You can't call it a club anymore, dude. It's, it's, it's crossed over to a cult. Yeah, it's not a political party. It truly is a cult. And these are the signs that you know you're in one when things like that happen. And you don't seem to care if the, the head of your church, the head of your government is in prison or not. So I came across this article that is basically uh, cults that are so sneaky, you don't even realize you're in one. How many people are in what is essentially a cult and really have no idea and would admonish anyone who's in a quote-unquote cult, but you don't seem to realize that you might in fact be in one? Yeah, have you ever seen the documentaries where uh, people are in cults and they, uh, you know, years and years later find their way out of them and how they talk about uh, being brainwashed and everything like it's a real deal that people are in cults and have no idea. And most 99% of the people that are in cults right now have no idea they're in a cult. There may be one sort of thinking like, this is kind of weird, but 99% of them don't think it's weird. They don't think they're in a cult. Right. Well, if you remember, Virginia Jeannie Thomas, uh, wife of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, prior to her getting married to, to Justice Thomas, she was in a cult and had to be rescued by her family. And she ended up having to go through lots of years of deprogramming. And then, you know, she married Thomas and now she's in a new cult. The cult <laughs> right. of Trump. Yeah. She doesn't right. she didn't understand the warning signs. No, well, not at all. There's a great video out there. Nick sent it to me a couple months ago of some Trump loving podcast host that live on air is reading the latest revelations of the lies that they were all told by Giuliani and by Trump. And what happens, Nick, is he's reading all of this stuff. He's reading it, and like Steve said, he's on the air, and in real time, something inside his brain just clicks that, holy crap, I'm in a cult. All these people that I've been siding with for the last three, four years, this is a huge cult. Like, it's a sickness, and it's so interesting to see it happen in real time in his brain. Yes, it's a fascinating video. Uh, Find it out there, but... So, yeah, so let's talk about some things that uh, you may be in a cult to not know it. I know this sounds like a David Letterman top 10 list, and I think some of these things are serious. Uh, from, from the home office in Mar-a-Lago. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and other of these you may actually find yourself guilty of. First one on the list here, the uh, Southern Pentecostal Baptist Snake Handlers. Oof. Oh. Now, yeah. I think it's easy to make fun of these snake handlers. as you dumb religious types? Well, you don't see what a cult you're in, but... As I've said on the show, and I've said for years, every religion is a cult. It's just when you hit a certain number of members, now you're a religion. You're no longer a cult. (laughs) You're really kind of all in a cult, in my never humble opinion, if you're in any type of religion. But what what do you guys in your past, uh, you know, Catholicisms, uh, looking down uh, at the uh, the snake handlers? It's an interesting one, dude, because I've been to a Pentecostal. Uh, tongue talking snake handler church before when I was a young boy. Uh, a good friend of mine in the south, or uh, no, right here in Washington. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, right here in Washington, dude. Uh, Uh, it was in Kent, 
The church okay. itself was in Kent, Washington. But uh, yeah, a buddy of mine who I w- who I lived with for a while when I was 16 years old, they went to this church every Sunday and they wanted uh, me, if I was going to be living there, I had to go to this church with them, right? So well, every, work. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Every Sunday I would go with them. Uh, for maybe about three or four months, I put up with it. And then finally, I just blew up. I was like, dude, the things that happen in this church are so sickening to me. And I knew it was a cult. They speak in tongues and said, oh, if you ever pretend you're speaking in tongues and mocking it, like you're going to go to hell. The moment I knew it was a cult was this, okay? sitting in the pew and i used to sit up right up front dude i want i want to know what's going on and look at the pastor in the eyes so i sit right up front in that pew and this guy will walk around and peer into people's eyes you know walking around with his microphone and he would say if you masturbate you are going to hell going to hell you must repent you must repent it's you an abomination right then <laughs> i did dude i started shaking i was like no no I, I won't hurt my neighbor. I won't do all that stuff, but you're not going to get me to drop this, dude. i to so. draw a line somewhere. Pentecostals. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I'm going to handle my snake all right, let me tell you. <laughs> yes, dude. In all seriousness, though, I, it, I have terrible memories from that place of knowing just in the room feeling a very odd vibe from the people who were celebrating all of this stuff, and I knew that was a cult right away. More so than my own religion that I continued to practice for many and many years uh, up until this point in my life, you know. So I am judgmental, you know. I remember years ago on the show, I believe, telling Nick my impression of Catholicism. That the first time I showed up with a friend, same thing, like I stayed over Saturday night, so I had to go with him to church Sunday morning. And I was just struck by not only the architecture, the artwork, all that kind of stuff, but everyone knew when to sit and when to stand. They knew when to sing along. They knew Bible verses to recite. You all stood in line, and this guy put a thing in your mouth. And what was it like to hear an outsider describe a normal Sunday for you in church? It's funny because the first time I really had it described to me is when you went to Dan's mom's funeral with me and I saw you in the church and we talked about it after we left and all the things that you just mentioned to me, yeah. this is going to sound very cultish, but it gives me a lot of comfort and peace, dude. Like those are the things that made me feel warm about being in that environment. And when I think back on it as a kid, that's what made me feel warm about this religion. But when I hear it from your perspective, I definitely think like, well, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> like that's kind of weird. I if mean, I was describing any other meeting I showed up to with though in those terms, you would think sure. that was a cult you were showing up to. Like, yes. Did you and- run? And by the way, what you just said, I think, is a prerequisite for being in a cult. It has to make you feel some level of warmth and comfort. And right. Like, like, why else would you be in a cult? Bruce, any observations, thoughts on the uh, on the religion side of this? Or hearing me describe Catholicism? You grew up Catholic, right? Yeah, I, I did. I did. You know, I think for me, I kind of focus on that my experience in the, in the church was mostly with my grandparents and that sort of thing. So for me, it was it was a family thing as opposed to as opposed to I'm excited to go to church because nobody's excited to go to church. Even I mean, maybe there are some people that are, but I get what you're saying. There's a there's a reason why when I got to be a teenager, I still had to go to church. Right. 
But there's a reason why Saturday night I would go to, to the four o'clock mass because four o'clock mass was four to four thirty. No singing. You were in and out within a half hour. <laughs> and, wow. and, I didn't and, think and mass express quickly. Yeah. Just, boom. You're in and out, you know, that, and all that sort of thing, you know, but because you didn't enjoy it, but you went and you did it with your parents or yeah. your grandparents and, and, and that sort of thing, you know? Isn't that how someone would describe a cult experience, though? I was doing it with my friends and family. It felt warm and pleasant. I don't know. <laughs> I just think would the, you agree, though, that the difference between a cult and a religion is the number of members? No. 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 Not really. I'm, I was thinking about it. I don't think so. I don't think that's the truth. Are you familiar with the history of Scientology? That they they were a cult. Scientology, obviously, was a cult. Well, still is. Still yes. is, though, But right? they got big enough that they were able to petition the IRS for religious standings. Or religious qualifications or whatever well, and that was part of the purposes. pitch yeah you know for tax yeah. exactly but part of their pitch was look how many members we have we're not a cult anymore now we're a religion like they put a spotlight on that to me though i think you can still be a religion but not have to have thousands of members or anything like that i mean maybe maybe you won't be recognized by other people as you know a religion and all that sort of thing maybe they will have the same thought that you do but for me i mean when you talk about a cult, you talk about things like like the People's Temple, obviously. And I understand that's an extreme example. You know, the People's Temple down in Guyana with uh, Jim Jones, sure, and all that and all that sort of thing. That is extreme control. A lot of that stuff there. I mean, hell, they they couldn't even pick who they wanted to procreate with. He would actually pick out you're going to procreate with this person, you, you know, and you're going to do this. That's to me. That's more of the cult thing than the religion that I grew up in and Nick grew up in, and not because I grew up in it. It's just that nobody ever told my sister, "You can't marry this person. You have to marry that person over there." You know. Sure, I think there's different levels of cults. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's different levels. What if we talk about, uh, you know, uh, all soccer fans? I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of soccer fans. Are they a cult in your definition? Maybe this will be on the list. We're only a couple in. So. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I know the Catholic. I know the Catholic Church has never told you who you can marry or not. So you're right. They're they're not a cult. No, no, no. But I mean, but I mean, <laughs> my Catholic Church has never told me who I can marry. <laughs> right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Moving on down the list here. Uh, these are uh, cults that you may not be aware you're part of. I don't know if this applies to any of us, but. When I read this, I don't even. What Herbalife? What the hell is Herbalife? Do you? Oh know yeah, that? yeah. So yeah. Our, our, our Herbalife is is a multi level marketing thing where they sell supplements. It's and just it's like Metabolife, of, dude. Remember oh, Metabolife? Of course, yes. Oh, what and, and like Amway? Sure. Juice Plus, like yeah. all of these, all of these things, they're all pyramid schemes, right? And and what happens is is that everything becomes intertwined. Your spiritual life your business life obviously your family right. life yeah absolutely yeah. they did that with amway i mean they did it with it my parents were in amway when i was a small child and yeah. uh they got out of it because it was too cultish the people who were in the amway cult were crazy dude yeah i would agree with all that i Do remember, you remember tupperware parties dude yes yes my sister actually still sells tupperware oh really dude uh yeah does she, does she find it cultish no, she's not that deep in it. She's not even really making any money. She's just getting free Tupperware out of it. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah it's right. interesting because it does encompass uh, encompass both diet, 
Uh, and like you're saying, a multi-level marketing pyramid scheme, essentially. And uh, Yeah. So you're getting your money, your friends, your family involved. That does start to sound very cult-like now, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, so I used to work part-time at Old Navy in downtown Seattle. And I had a customer come up to me and I'm selling you know, clothing to her and her children. And she starts talking to me saying, Hey, you know what? You have this kind of energy and this, that, and the other thing. you should, you should come to one of our meetings and all that sort of thing. Right. So oh, then I went to my regular day job the next day at Tiffany and company. And I was talking to one of my coworkers and she's like, Oh no, that's a scam. That that's multi-level marketing. So what I'm picking up on here then is one of the prerequisites for being a cult is do you try to recruit others into your thing? Yeah, I would say that that's true. I yeah. I, I would say that that's true. I mean, true. I, I suppose so. Yeah, you want to bring everyone in as much as you can. I suppose. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of a cult that doesn't try to recruit. And not to I, keep picking on religion, but you know that's one of those aspects. People are always trying to get certain. into their thing. You know. Only, only certain religions just, and that's, I'm being honest. I'm not being sensitive. I'm just saying that all around the world, only certain religions try and, uh, go out and, uh, give the gospel and try and get other members in. start living your life. Right. You know, Jehovah's witnesses. Yes, they which, do. Which religion does not try to recruit? I've never been recruited as a Catholic by anyone in the Catholic church. You Besides know. your parents. Uh, well, yeah, besides my parents, but they didn't recruit me. It was just a way of life. You were drafted. I get it. But the, but the other friends' choices. parents tried to recruit me. Hence my original story of having, but I, I also had my choice though. I also had my choice to say like, oh, this is something I'm into or this is something I'm not into. Like, I don't want to do it. No, you were yeah, never. I, mean, I stopped, I stopped going to math regularly after I was confirmed. So that would have been, well, Close to the ninth fre- ninth grade freshman year, my mother never said to me, "You have to go" or anything like that. Except for when you were a kid. Yeah, but that's what I said. But I, but I had a choice though. Right. Uh, At a certain I mean? point in life, you had a choice. So well, now I'm, I'm, I'm picking a, I'm a up on two themes. You have to be recruited to be a cult, and you have to. If someone can quit you, you are a cult. Well, I mean, you can quit anything, Dumbo. Sure, I'm not saying your job is a cult. I'm saying these are earmarks of a cult, though. Do people try to recruit you into it? And in order to get out of it, do you have to quit it and say, yeah, like, but, oh, I used to be part of that thing. But, but, but see, I, I don't know anybody in all my years of, of being a Catholic. I don't know anybody that went out door to door and was trying to get people to come to our church or anything like that. Never once at all. I've never known anyone who has to quit. I've known people who have just kind of uh, stopped going, yeah, but I've never, exactly. no, no one walked in and been like, I denounce and I quit. I'm done. The, yes. the term recovering Catholic exists for a reason. Well, that's uh, what you're talking about molestation. There's a whole bunch of people that used to be Catholic and now they're like, no, 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 I'm a recovering Catholic. I, I, I no, gave but, it but, up. But, but let's, 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 let's be honest though, Steve, people yeah. who want to use that, they, they want to, they want to feel like they're a part of the cool group because now the cool group is to, you know, bash religion and, and, and especially Catholics and that sort of thing. They, they want to be part of the cool group. So they want to say, oh, I'm a recovering Catholic. Just like just like there are so many people. How many how many bisexual girls did, did you know until bisexuality became like a really you know, like chic thing? Sure. You, you know it. what I mean? Yes, I get what, exactly what you're saying, dude. I so get what you're saying. He gave a choice. I'm not sure what you are saying. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm I saying, do appreciate you saying I'm cool, though. So I'll take that as a victory. You can think I'm saying you're cool, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the cool cult. I heard a great but that's fine. But, you, but you went to Catholic, so you can't say I'm a recovering Catholic. 
Yeah, you, but, but it's the same that. way that people say, oh, I'm a recovered, TikTok, a recovered TikTok user. I'm a recovered Facebook user. I don't do it anymore. It's, it's just, you're mincing words. No, I, well, I'm not saying I'm a recovering Catholic at all. I would never claim anything of that sort. It would be but, like saying I'm a recovering heroin addict. I was smart enough to stay away from it from the get-go. Yeah, well, good for you, dude. Here's the thing, though, Steve. Yeah. Isn't you're talking about people recruiting people to religion and that sort of thing? Sure. And pushing and pushing their ideas onto other people. Yes. Well, aren't we that talk down about people's religions? Aren't we doing the same thing because we're trying to force them to accept our ideas? Well, we don't have a clubhouse. I don't ask for your. No, no, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't matter about a clubhouse or any of that oh, stuff. A oh, way of thinking, we, though. Aren't we? Aren't we doing the same thing? Yes, we are religion. No, I'm not. No, I'm not saying not. that either. I'm just saying, but we're 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 committing the Listen, same the same. Free thing. speech and free thought is not the same as what speech a particular cult may try to push on people. There's obviously a difference there. Do I really need to explain that? Or well, well, what are your thoughts on free religion? You know, uh, in this country, like I is get it- to meet somebody who was never religious and one day just walked into a church and was like, "I'm religious." Everyone is indoctrinated into it, usually from your parents. It's 90% of the time how it happens. Otherwise, it's friends, family members, somebody else recruits you in. Who do you know that just one day was like, I've never been religious? I know a lot of people who have, uh, you know, struggled with things in their life that have found solace in a religion that were never religious before, whether it be addiction or going through something big in life and then finding a religion because they feel no meaning in life. Most of those 12-step programs like AA and all that sort of thing. It, it's amazing how many of their steps are 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 religious. Attached, are attached to religion, yeah. and there are a lot of people that, are, that are in AA that were never religious, but part of them becoming sober became part of the church because it was part of their sobriety. I mean, there are plenty of people like that. I'm so not, it I mean, sounds like recruitment, doctrination. You learn something from one set of philosophies. But, but you said no, no. But you said that you said that there was never. There's nobody that's ever been not religious, and then became religious. What I'm saying is that there are alcoholics and drug addicts. Oh, I'm sorry. Playing this. I'm going to oh. stop. I'm going to stop talking if you're going to keep bringing that stupid Why music. Why do you in. not like the Eye of the Tiger theme song? I just do not like it because we're not fighting. Um, and that that's a Rocky thing. Uh, no, so so my, th- my thing is, is that you said that. Oh, I, I, that was an accident, dude. I'm sorry. Please. Listen, obviously anyway. what I'm saying, no one ever, I'm being facetious. I'm saying there's no large groups of people out there that one day just decide they're going to be religious. The vast majority of people are indoctrinated into religion. And I can tell from this discussion that people don't like religions being compared to cults. You guys are very sensitive about this. And I get it. You know why? Because it seems like you're attacking my family. That's why. I'm speaking. You're saying my family terms. was in a cult and my family is no good. I never said your family was no good, but yes, all religions are gigantic cults. You did so. And yes, parents indoctrinate their children into their religion. Most good parents at some point say you can make your own choice. And like both of you did as you got older, you decided you didn't want to be part of that church anymore. But how did both of you become Catholics? Let's just do a random survey of three people on the show. How did you become a Catholic? Your parents. Nick, how did you become parents? My parents did not indoctrinate me. My parents did. I know you don't like the term, but when you just bring someone into the fold and you teach it to them so young they don't even know the difference, 
that's oh we weren't learning dude we weren't learning when we were young i mean we weren't learning anything when we were young we were going and playing dude when you got to a certain age if you wanted to go to that church you had to learn about the religion yourself and that was your choice before that point in time they call it ccd before that point in time i didn't do any i didn't learn anything about religion at church dude i went down and i played with kids while uh you know my parents went to church no stories fairy tales no no because i dropped my kid off at a uh, daycare that was in a catholic church and quickly realized every story they were telling every song they were singing it was all about the bible it was indoctrination i suppose not every parent is as perfect as you are steve so (laughs) i don't know why this is so touchy like i'm trying to I'm trying to like state the fact. No, you're trying. You're trying. You're trying to bring Nick and I down. That's what you're trying to do. I'm really not. What yes, would you, you call it then, when your parents? No, teach that's, that's, something that's, that's exactly what, what you're trying to do. Because you like to do that. Because you're smarter than everyone else. Wow. Okay. Listen, if you guys were both still practicing Catholics, maybe I'd be busting your balls in that capacity. But <laughs> the point of this discussion we're having here today is people don't seem to realize when they're in a cult-like setting, and cults indoctrinate, cults recruit. You have to quit a cult to get out of it. This is right. describing religion very accurately. But the problem is, is that you don't have to quit, quote-unquote, the Catholic Church. Like with the Mormons, you get excommunicated and everybody has to stop talking to you and, and that sort of thing there. Right, because it's a cult. Yeah. yeah but but in the Catholic Church, if you stop going to the church, if you stop yeah. going to church, nobody's going to stop talking to you because you don't go to church anymore. No one's going to hunt you down and silence you like it's uh, It's not like that, dude. It's not yeah. like that. All right. I'm totally wrong. Nothing cult. No, like I, didn't, I, I didn't say that. What I'm saying, though, is that if you stop going to church and you're a Catholic, people aren't going to come and stop talking to you or stop doing business with you or anything yes. like that. But in, the Mormon, but in the Mormon church and other churches like Scientology, you they, they do. Every cult is different. I get it. So, all right, Nick, you're brilliant. I'm wrong. All right, someone mark it down. I was wrong. Oh, that's good. I'm no, glad you made me out that. of context. Another, <laughs> another a noble religious uh, staple, by the way. All right, next thing on the list here, uh, Jeeps. Jeeps right. are oh. cults. And I have seen it. I have been in it. A family oh. member tried to indoctrinate me into it. I could see the craziness of the Jeep cult, and I rejected it. Does it have to? Does a cult have to be dangerous? It's got to harm, be able to harm you in some way, don't you think? What makes it a cult if it doesn't hurt you financially, physically, emotionally? Otherwise, it's just a club. If it doesn't hurt you, well, see, but his thing—the thing with the Jeeps that, that that Steve's talking about. It's that whole thing, like it's Jeep life. You know, you wouldn't understand. No, oh, I and, get it, but you know, I'm but, saying, like, is it extreme to call that a cult? Is that just a following that's annoying? I, I you know, listen. I don't think a cult has to do harm. I, I think there's an inherent threat of that for sure. And even in the Jeepers, I would honestly argue they probably are doing themselves harms because they become such snobs about their Jeeps. And (laughs) as you saw, like my ex-wife is a Jeeper. Okay. She's got a pavement princess. She's not bouldering out there on that thing. Ex-wife. Yes. Did I say what I said? No, I'm saying ex-wife. She's an ex for a reason. She's a Jeeper. Right. I had to quit that. So. But my, my thing on the on the Jeeps is that so many of these are mall crawlers. Like you said, Steve, pavement princesses. They don't they don't go off roading or anything like that. Like if you have an air locker in, in, in your Jeep and, and you're rock crawling and stuff like that, awesome. You're a Jeeper, you're hardcore, you're going on trail rides, 
great. But if you're just driving around town, it's a fashion statement. This is the thing. Like so many cults, there's tears to it, you know, and I lived through it. Um, my ex-wife has some customizations on her Jeep. She has a lift kit, custom rims, a few accessories. So she will not give the Jeep wave because that's a whole thing. That's all the yes. customers communicate. Yeah. Harley, Harley not, owners do that too. She will not give the Jeep wave to somebody who has a stock Jeep. However, uh. somebody who's the tier above her that goes off-roading, they won't give the Jeep wave to her, even though she's got a lift kit, even though she's got custom rims, you're not cool enough to be on this tier of the cult. Wait, does she hang her head as she goes by? Ooh. I mean, does it make her sad? It's a big snub when you don't Ooh. get the Jeep wave from the correct Jeep. And I used to, driving around with her, wave to other Jeeps, and she would be like, you're not the driver, you don't get to wave at the Jeeps. Like, And I wouldn't have waved at that Jeep because there's nothing custom on that jeep like ooh, it's so funny dude <laughs> you remember when i got uh, a couple of years ago i got a honda ruckus which if, if you don't know is just like yeah. a little scooter it's you know a, a 50 cc scooter uh but it's street legal so i would drive that thing around dude and it, i would used to love to annoy other motorcycles especially harley, harley riders have you seen uh, you know the wave for motorcyclists when they go yes. by each other where they're yes. so Put their hand down like this. Dude, I did every time I passed a huge Harley on that rock is I always put my (laughs) hand down like this, dude. And some people would just shake their head as they drove by and some people would give it back to you. But yeah, I think it, it could be a cult if it doesn't require hurting you. It could be a cult. Well, if you give that uh, motorcycle wave to somebody wearing a patch, they may turn around and come kick the crap out of you. So uh-huh. it, uh, it, there can be harm from these cults. So, yes. All right. And, I'll uh, stop. Uh, yeah. And uh, Jeepers, um, I would argue Jeepers recruit. It's marketing campaigns and everything else. And- the One. stickers on them, that say Jeep life on them. Yeah. And don't Jeep, Jeeps are full of Easter eggs now from the factory, you know, that only Jeep club members know where to send you for the Easter egg on your Jeep. Do you, are you aware, Brewski? Is, is this like a geocaching thing? You have no, to, this oh. is this is some small identification mark that they build into Jeeps oh, okay. and they put them in random areas. So if you have a different year and a different model, it'll be moved. It'll be a different, you know, a tiny Jeep in the spare tire, something like that. Uh, so Jeep knows what they're doing. Oh, yes. Oh. As all cult leaders do. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Feeding in with their Easter eggs and their tidbits and yeah. your loyalty levels and give us your money. What does Jeep stand for? Just empty every pocket, right? <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's all the customizations you can do. I mean, Jeeps are transformers or Tonka toys. You can just keep adding on and adding on. Like My sister bought uh, Ford a couple of years ago. Well, once she gets the car, she tells her husband who... It needs a new car. Oh, I really want to get a Jeep. Why don't you get a Jeep so we can? I can drive it sometimes. He gets a new Jeep, which the new ones, by the way, are not cheap. They're uh, expensive to buy, just stock. So he buys one. They had that Jeep for two months, dude. And when they realized how uncomfortable it was to drive and how terrible the drive on the road was, they got rid of it right away. That's a great point. If you're not off-roading with those things, I don't know what it is. They are so boxy. They don't handle well. A slight breeze, like, wobbles you because there's no aerodynamics to those right. things. Right. Sure. 
And by the way, Jeep is now a car company making multiple vehicles. If you don't own a Jeep Jeep, if you own a Jeep Cherokee, like, <laughs> loser, like that's a fake Jeep, they call you. Like, you don't, yeah. you not only do you not get the Jeep wave, they will try to ram you off the road. I mean, it, no. We're going to ask for certification. Is Jeep a cult? Uh, that's a fact. All right. I would well, concur. Certified it. Uh, moving on down the line, K-pop fans. K-pop is a cult. Uh, oh. Here's a quote. K-pop and its army, sadly, uh, the rabid fans are often the uh, cause of the stress to the groups. Uh, went through K-pop phases in my teen years, and you would often hear about times fans had stalked their idols, broken into their apartments. Uh, death threats to a girl or boyfriend who idolizes the wrong member of the K-pop band or whatever it is. I don't know if that's a cult because they don't, they're not recruiting. I mean, they're just a over, overzealous fan club, okay, <laughs> who might, you know, assault people once in a while. Well, that's this is the Swifties. I was going to say Swifties or Dave Matthews fans. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of artists well, out there that have a very rabid, loyal fan base. So yeah, yeah but I, but I, but and I'm going to, I'm going to defend the Dave Matthews fans here, no. but I, I have never once ever heard anybody threaten other people because you might hurt Dave Matthews. I mean, look at what uh, this dude, whole Nick was pretty close to murdering you last week. I don't know if you're. <laughs> aware uh, of that. That's okay. I don't. That, that's Nick coming after me. That's not that big a deal. Uh, but what mm. I'm saying is, is, like when Travis Kelsey started dating Taylor Swift, the Swifties were like, "He better not break her heart." But we'll we'll show him what's what and that sort of thing. That's a cult right there. The Swifties. They may be. They're a good cult, though. Well, I'd rather have yeah. them around, no, right? Yeah, they're, they're better no. people, dude. They no, come on. But you think that you You're would put them in line with family members of mine? How freaking dare you bring up family members of mine of being at a cult in a disparaging fashion? Ah! <laughs> oh yeah, your you, firstborn you is a Swifty. Yes, I am. Okay. You're talking about my firstborn now. You think she's a cult member? Okay, you've been around Swifties. You tell me. And you've been around Catholics. You tell me. <laughs> Swifties don't ask for your money. Swifties don't send you to a pit of hell if you don't yes, follow them. Do. Swifties just made so how many billion dollars, dude? Come on. She's asked for money. They're not asking for each other. Their, their, their leader is. I'm saying each other. Like, no. uh, yeah, K-pop, I don't know, dude. I don't like I don't... Swifties articles. Of course. Of course. Like, duh. Like, I can zoom out enough to see this stuff. That's all I'm trying to point out with this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm weak. I can't, so that's fine. You're putting words in my mouth that I'm <laughs> no, not. No, that's okay, not Steve. I, I see how you think about me. That's fine. That's all right. Wow. Uh, I see it. That's okay. Uh, I'm okay. all right. Why are you so sensitive on this topic? It's another sign you're in a cult, by the way. Like, why can you not stand something? Why, why, why do you keep hitting this horse? You know what it is, Steve? Because you, you <laughs> like keep to, coming up. <laughs> you like to hammer it, and you always like to prove that you're superior to other people. That's why. Wow. Why are you so hurtful and insulting? No, but, just but, because I'm trying to. I'm pointing no, out what this article that's, is saying. That's, that's that's your personality in general. Wow. We're saying things that are hurtful now. There's no reason to argue over this no, stuff. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just Don't you play you. that Rocky theme, or I swear to freaking God, I'll freak out on you. No, Please. no, no, that's okay. Steve Steve wants to, wants to mock me, and that's okay. I am not mocking you. I don't understand why me pointing out these things is considered mocking. Yes. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Rocky theme. Not, not the religion, religion thing. 
Not their living the Rocky thing. thing. It's thing. hilarious that you yeah. we're doing a radio show here. Nick's using a bed that uh, in, uh, offends and insults you. You no, it's just, willing it's, it's to derail annoying. the show so that you don't it, have to hear the Rocky song because when he plays it, you know you're arguing, and then you start to become self conscious about what you're arguing about, and the whole thing spirals. No, it throws me off, and and I'm trying to make a, a point, and it throws me off, and I'm trying. Pardon me for one to keep the show on track with with my my thought. I'm trying to share. You see how it takes it off track, though, when Nick plays the bed, and then you can't type your argument anymore, and you stop. I get that. I'm sorry. We should uh, take a break to check in with financial news. The high interest rates <laughs> combating the inflation has made homeownership almost impossible for many Americans. The the price of a hair curdler, you know, maybe maybe has come down a little bit, or at least the inflation on it has come down a bit. Which is an excellent time to bring up the MAGA crowd as being on the list of cults. MAGA, the whole Make America Great Again movement. Definitely MAGA, says one reader. Some family members of mine who I'm no longer talking to go crazy with Trump that they were comparing him to Jesus. Anyone who said differently was threatened. My uncle knew I was an Obama supporter, and he got to a point where he was constantly bullying me, threatening to shoot me over it, and walking off of our podcast. To shoot him over it? Whoa! Yeah, crazy uncle, you know. That's extent. That that's extreme, right there. <laughs> that's listen, extreme. listen, I may, I may, Steve. I'll say this: I may get sensitive about about religious stuff and that sort of thing, but I will never, ever threaten to shoot you over anything like that. Never. No, just kick my ass. I mean, no, I mean, not even that. Not even that. I mean, not even that either. Nothing like that. I mean, right. I may get heated and, and bothered and that sort of thing, but I'm never gonna like give you like threaten you with physical violence. Never. Is this from this point forward? Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not talking about the last twenty years. Well, that was. I mean, you know, you, you grow and mature as a person. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair, dude. Come on. I, I suppose. I don't know. And I'll tell you what. Anybody comes after Steve Harness, they're gonna have to go through me first. There you go. Oh, see now, I like it when you guys have each other's back a little more. I'm currently indoctrinating. This is how this works. You see, <laughs> getting him to join the harness Just plan. When I thought I was out. He pulled me back in. The liberal cult we were talking about earlier. Well, Here's yeah, the funny was- thing to me on this list because I keep skipping some things because I, I just I don't want to keep poking. But on the list, we talked about the Pentecostals. Jehovah's Witnesses are on here. Uh, Q. No, I'm sorry. QAnon's not a religion. Um, the Amish is on here. The Mormons are on here. Oh boy. Like, I mean, do we see a recurring theme on this list of sure. you may not know you're in a cult? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to say any more about it, but I'm curious if Catholic Catholicism is on there. Uh, I don't think it is because they know it's too big and it'll upset your friends and coworkers. So don't bother. There's a possibility. Yeah, the Catholic Church has a lot of power in this world, to be frank with you. You know what well, I mean? Obviously. And I would say that that MAGA crowd, it's it's up there, dude. I mean, you know, we've seen the violence from it on large scales. Uh, Charlottesville, you know, like we've seen the violence on large scales from the MAGA crowd. And I just read a, a study that we are at a point in this world right now on both sides of this aisle, by the way, with this uh, survey that they did, where Democrats, I think, at uh, close to 40 percent of Democrats now and about 39 to 40 percent of uh, conservatives think that it's okay to use violence to get their point across. That's how strongly they feel about what's going on 
in America. That yeah. would make the Democratic Party a cult, you know? Uh, if we're all following it, and don't tell me that none of our democratic ideas are haven't been indoctrinated by friends and just conversations and people we care about and love and, and seeing certain things. Good question. Can you be indoctrinated into the truth, though, into science, into... Free, you know, teaching people to treat others well. I mean, is that indoctrination to share facts? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think that's a solid point. But I wonder if you take it one step further and you think like uh, science says, yeah, the people are born gay. OK, I agree with that. But what about all of a sudden? I don't agree that uh, gay people should be able to marry. Or, you know, certain th- I do agree that Why they should you be think able it to, was marry. Okay to marry. Where would that have come from? Uh, or that I do think it's OK for them to marry. Well, right. Because yeah, that would right? be a practical stance to say humans are allowed to get married. Is that a indoctrination? Well, well I, it depends what side of the aisle you're on, I suppose. I see your point. I, uh, I'm trying to look at this from two different sides, only to examine uh, what large group of generalized thinking in one direction is not a cult by these standards that we're laying out on this program today. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we can't argue with science and facts, so we, well, I suppose we can, but... Somehow but the, today we can, but, but yeah, we should but at the same time, But at the same time, though... It gets to it gets to a point where certain people within a scientific community are closed off to any other possible thinking, and and that their way is the only way, and they they basically ignore the main tenet of science of science, which is that it's peer reviewed. Right. Yeah, you know what's what a good I mean? example of that, though, really. Scientists, once something has been peer reviewed and established, then they're like, yes, this is the facts. But, but, but is there but, some but, topic but, but, that they're but, not open to? No, but but there are certain scientists that that are like, you know what? I'm right about this, and anybody who disagrees with me is uh, uneducated and they don't know what they're talking about, you know. And when there are other peer-reviewed scientists who may have a different hypothesis on something, I can't name specific specific ones, but I'm sure that within the scientific community, there's lots of those debates all the time as far as. Who's thinking is better? I mean, needs strength. to be, dude, as things constantly grow and change with the more yeah. that we live with them. But also think about it in COVID, dude. I mean, technically speaking, there were scientists who I completely disagreed with their science and thought they were quacks during the whole COVID thing that was happening. Yeah. And they were technically scientists. You know what I mean? You're talking about like a Dr. Drew that came out on the wrong side originally and then went back. I mean, Dr. Oz, who I mean, there were actual scientists that said, you know, I'm sorry. Did you just call Dr. Oz an actual scientist? (laughs) No, no. I'm telling you that I'm not talking about Dr. Drew. I'm talking about actual scientists that, you know, I looked at his quacks. There was not a large majority of them, but some scientists did come out and say, oh, I don't agree with this. How are we supposed to do it if it's all science? You know, we still are taking what we think is right. Sure. Listen, I know there's some scientists that discover a certain thing and then they become sort of that cult of that thing, like cancer is fake or whatever it is, like they feel (laughs) they've gotten it figured out. But uh, true scientists and the true scientific community as a whole still are peer-reviewed. 
And they sure. still do accept some things as fact. And until you can prove otherwise, we've established this as a fact. So I don't think that's a, a cult. That's, again, stinking facts, right? I mean, yeah, I don't think it's – I don't – I don't think that's a cult, dude. What I'm saying is if you look at the Democratic Party, that some of these same elements that we're talking about in this particular situation of being a cult, we would share some with them. So I don't think that these are all cults is what I'm trying to tell you. Well, I think that's part of our debate today is being a jeeper a cult is being catholic a cult like that's kind of what we're trying to point out but i think the overall point here is we're trying to get people to kind of look at what group are you a part of is it a healthy club or is it a freaking cult that is trying to change your perspective dictate the way you live life get other people to come in like that's what mega is right how yes. to live life trying to get other people to vote with you uh, i would argue jeepers is the same freaking thing <laughs> like there's such snobs about their their little group that that becomes the cult like mentality yes no, I get it, dude. I think even more so than like when we talk about these K-pop people or Swifties, I don't think there's as much indoctrination as some of these other things. It's like, oh, if you like this music, well, then you're one of us and you can come into the club. It's more of a fan club, but uh, they get a little overzealous. A little, a little more aggressive fan club. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Uh, let me get Brewski's opinion on this one. Um Hold on one second here, dude. I just got to turn this off. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Nick had mentioned uh, sports. Like, wouldn't all sports fans be a uh, cult then? Uh, how about SEC college football is on this list? Um, I've seen people who nearly get into fistfights over this. To all the people who have asked, nearly. I mean, we've seen it all over the news, of course. Uh, my brother plays in a different conference. My dad can't go a single conversation without ragging on that conference. Bruce, is there something uniquely cult-like about SEC college football as opposed to just college football? Well, the, the thing about SEC college football is that it's basically the number one football conference in the United States because football is a religion down in, in the South, mm-hmm. and they get most of the best players. And that's why year in, year out, an SEC team has been number one on national champion. I mean, hell, hmm. Georgia has been the number one team ranked in the country. You know, is it true? Are most NFL players from the SEC and not the the Big Ten or whatever else? I mean, there are more coming from the SEC than than other conferences. Yes. Hmm. Okay. I wouldn't say it's it's a cult, but I do say that people. I will say that people there get really protective about their team and their fandom. Back a few a bunch of years ago. So there used to be these trees uh, on the campus of Auburn called at Toomer's Corner. And they had these trees that have been there for 100 years and that sort of thing. And it's a common spot for fans to gather together after a, a victory by the Tigers and, and hang out together and all that sort of thing. Well, an Alabama fan went there and actually poisoned the trees. <laughs> Interesting. And I mean, honestly, the, though, as we're describing this, <laughs> and I think about the increase in violence that we're seeing in stadiums all over the country, maybe maybe sports are a cult. I don't know. Well, well yeah. I mean, you think about the Raider Nation. You think Raider Nation's a cult? Yeah, the Bills Mafia we were talking about. I mean, yeah, the rivalries I mean, between, I was talking about, U of M and Michigan State. Like, we wish death upon Ohio State and Michigan. Like, that's a dirty word. Yeah. Uh, How many times have we seen uh, a football stadium, you know, uh, the other person's jersey on a dummy, you know, hanging in a noose (laughs) from the goal line, right? Come on. With fan violence in particular, 
I think that's just first and foremost, that's alcohol. And then it's just your team's awful and this is why. And then when one person runs out of facts for another person, that's when the personal insults start flying. And then that's when the fists start flying. Listen, the more I think about it, like I'm in a, you know, Marvel versus DC, uh, KTMs versus Hondas or like, you know, I, I think we can all be in cults that that are healthy or okay. They're a passion. <laughs> I think what makes a cult unhealthy is when the cult is trying to push their influence on others, like a political cult would, or some religious cults. And let me make a distinction here for you. My cousin Ashley is a lesbian uh, and a proud liberal, very progressive. She's also a pastor. And I asked her years ago, how the hell could you join a church that would admonish your lifestyle? And she said, well, I joined a church that doesn't. You know, not all churches are created equal, cuz. What do you do with your cult is the question I'm leaving here, you know? Sure. Are you a dick about it with your Jeep? Are you discriminatory about it with your religion? Are you perpetuating violence because of your political cult? Like, it's, want- it, it, it's widely different to be part of something that you're not pushing on others or admonishing them for not being part of it just because you like it, and that's fine. I've never thought about it this way, dude, but think about the uh, U.S. Army. Is it a cult? I mean, they have people that come out and grab you and they promise you life and liberty and, you know, responsibility and college money and stuff like that. Mm. It's, is it a cult? Is our, our, our armies are a cult? It's uh, certainly the militant wing of capitalism. Sure. In our, in our example, in America, anyway. So. You're going to go AWOL if you leave, dude. Don't leave. Don't leave. Yeah. Nope. There are penalties for all that. So. But, uh, that, but that, though, you, you actually sign a... Um, uh, a, a legal document in blood <laughs> and yeah. a binding legal document. So <laughs> right? yeah, I think that's, that's a little bit different. We just, uh, what I've learned today is we have to be responsible with our cults because uh, so many things are cults. All right. So many things are cults. When I go out, when Brewski put up those bumper stickers for the vocal minority in Times Square, we're trying to indoctrinate people. We want them to listen. We want them to follow us. Everything is a cult, dude. Be responsible. Is it harming you in some way? And are you trying to harm others with it? If you can answer no to both of those things, I'd say you're pretty safe. There you go. Although I will personally kick the crap out of anyone who stops following us on any of our pages. I watch the <laughs> numbers. When I see someone walk away, I'm freaking coming after you, okay? What the Don't hell's do your it. problem? Don't yes. let permission to leave this. <laughs> Bastards. All right. So are we certifying ourselves as a cult? Cult of the vocal minority. We're wow. a minority, so it's okay. We're a cult. Oh. When we become the vocal majority, then we're religion. So... Then we're a huge goal. Yeah. Right. Hey, listen, as, as soon as soon as people start sending some money in, then then we'll really be a cult. Right. We're tax exempt because I don't pay my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you that. There you go, Your Honor. It was a joke. Hey, uh, before we take off for the program, are we almost done here? We gotta be done. Yep. Will you guys tell each other how much you love each other before we leave? I don't want to end the show on a bad no, note. I, listen, I want first listen. I will play romantic music if you want it. But you, you, Nick, you can from this point forward, if you wish to play the Rocky theme, I promise to do everything I can to keep myself on track and not <laughs> and not let it throw me off. I will do everything. I'll I'll try to be a professional for once. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, will you say something nice about Steve's body, like his body image, please? Almost oh, well, Steve is, uh, has always been kind of a tall, slender guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought he was always pretty healthy. 
<laughs> there you go. All right, but that's, Steve. That, that's, I like that you're taking this in a weird, uncomfortable direction, Nick. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this has to do with anything. Well, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I think it's better if we leave it on a, a high note with each other. I want you guys, you can't physically hug Boston. Is, uh, you've just solved the whole war in Israel. They just need to compliment each other on body type. And <laughs> yeah. I think that should pretty much hammer you this know, out. You, you got to re- remark on how, how great somebody's backside looks in in their pants that they're wearing or something i don't know yes there you go i believe the great prophet sir mix-a-lot uh first preached upon that you know yes back that's i think that's what he was going for yeah don't you're not getting out of it i mean i'm not i'm about to give you my spiel okay (laughs) if i didn't give a crap about either of you turds i wouldn't be saying any of this stuff yeah i know when when i don't respect somebody when i don't care about them i'm not going to engage you in any sort of debate back and forth attempt to uh stimulate new thought or whatever i just look down my nose at you and i keep on moving (laughs) so the fact that i engage in these things even when i know it's probably going to blow up in my face is a testament to the fact that i do care about you both and i've told you both i love you oh we know that we wouldn't be doing any of this stuff if there wasn't a a brotherhood here and if i didn't feel comfortable pushing these buttons what what, what part what part of brucey's body do you like (laughs) He likes I like my the tattoos. Of his, where's the nape? Is that a nape thing or a back? back of the neck? Yeah, right oh, back. I, I, I do. I love, I, I love your nape. Okay. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Uh, no, I appreciate that. I know that, dude. I know all of that. I think Brisky does as well. It's sometimes Brisky's fuse gets lit, uh. and uh, he he, he got to squash it out. All I'm ever trying to do, Brisky, is make you cognizant of when I see you going into a blind rage. That's when, that's when this comes up. I just want you to stop and think about where you're going. That's like, that's like the little, little clicker things that they use to, to, to <laughs> yes. clean dogs with. You know? Pavlov, dude. That's, Come that, on. That's the little, the little clicker thing. Nick's trying to, to rein me in and everything. So, okay, I got you. I got you. setting a scene. And, yeah, when I walk into the arena, I need a little music playing. Let's get something <laughs> going here. I believe all ready for churches this? have organ music, too. It's the same sort of thing, right? Oh, is that was my... to pray. That was my big complaint with the Catholic Church. The music is awful. I mean, it is. Uh, we're playing the organ here. This is, you know, we're in 2000, 1995. Kurt Cobain is huge. Like, hey, you got a guitar, dude. Why are we playing an organ right now? I hated it. They should be playing K-pop music and combine the cults. You know what I mean? There we go. So, I don't know. I think we've learned a lot. Some of us are in cults and don't realize it. Some of you are and uh, do realize it, and some of you don't care. And um, that's what brings the world together, I guess. (laughs) I guess so. All right. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, a la Brewski. It'll wind down the episode. See our webpage online at thevocalminority.net. Get over here, Nick. I'm still here. You guys ready to go? Someone put a gag order on that drop, please. (laughs) (laughs) We say bye-bye. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop.